0: I want to give you free access to Weaver Sales Academy. On average, tenured producers that work with us are experiencing a 40% increase in auto fire and life production within 90 days. Maybe you just hired a brand new hire. We have a brand new hire training curriculum that will get a brand new hire trained for you and up and selling in less than 10 days. Maybe you need help with life insurance, the new business conversation, maybe pivoting, maybe overcoming objections. We cover it all with our sales Academy. So make sure you take advantage of our free trial today. This is The Insurance Buzz, and we are your hosts, Michael and Courtney Weaver. We coach insurance professionals, business owners, and people just like you every day on how to live a life and have a business you are excited about.
1: Here on The Insurance Buzz, we share the wins, the losses, and everything in between that comes with being married business partners, training in the insurance space, and growing our business side by side. We also connect with other business owners and leaders making their mark in the world and hopefully inspire you to make yours.
0: On today's episode, we have Scott Greats. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about prioritizing your day, what it takes to be successful every single day. If Scott went back and opened an agency, would he change anything about what he did? Constant communication with the team. And then we get into Scott's new book, Essential F-Words for Teens. I'm pumped about this episode. Scott absolutely rocked it. With that being said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the insurance buzz. We are your host Michael and Courtney Weaver and we have a special guest today. Scott, great. Scott, how are you?
2: I am good and I am uh, very grateful for the opportunity
0: to share this space with you guys today. And we are pumped today.
1: I feel like every time I get on, I'm like, I am so excited. And I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, Courtney, don't say <laughs> I'm so excited when Scott Grace comes on. But Scott, oh, we are friends. We are Facebook friends. We follow each other on social media. And what you're putting out into the world right now, I got to say, I'm so excited to talk about it today.
0: Yep.
2: yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm equally as excited.
0: Too. So I got to open with, because you're a fellow you're a fellow uh, NFL fan. How- how about them Chiefs, baby? I mean,
2: are you, are you really going to start the conversation here? I'm sorry. Yeah, hey, you know what? I mean, congrats. This might be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> shortest
0: podcast. I did. No, I out. did hear Josh Allen. There, there's like,
2: I'll talk about anything <laughs> except the Buffalo Bills. All right, all right, right. right. It's off season. This is my my happy time. I got all that to worry about. Come September,
0: I know. <laughs> I, I would love to connect with you though. When the Chiefs play the Bills, I think it would be a heck of a time. We watched them last year. The Bills actually beat us at Arrowhead last year. It was a good time though.
2: Yeah, we go there every year. This would be like the sixth straight year we're there. We we do really well in the regular season when it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right.
2: <laughs> hey, listen, you, you I, I was the biggest Chiefs fan in the world when they won the first one. Uh, I was I, I go back to the Christian Okoye days. Like I I mm. loved it. The Chiefs were probably Packers Chiefs second team, you know, be, behind Buffalo. Um so I always was a chiefs fan i 'm a huge Andy Reid fan um and it's so funny i I had to hate the Patriots right because they're they were so damn dominant, yep. and everyone hates a winner and uh, Now I find myself hating the chiefs, and I'm mad about it frankly <laughs> i don't want to not like the chiefs but they're they're just damn good wow. And it, it's annoying.
0: I think Chiefs, I think Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, man. Like I'm, I'm pumped because I feel like we're three teams that struggled for years, and now we're all good. and We're like, let's roll.
2: Two of those are still struggling to get it done, but anyway.
0: Let's talk <laughs> all right, about- all right. So, <laughs> so let, let's talk
1: about winners. So this is the insurance buzz. So we're gonna, we're gonna go from winning in football to winning in insurance. So you've been in insurance for a long time. And I think a a great place to start is you've weathered a lot of different storms and a lot of different seasons. And if you had to start over right now with our current climate and insurance, what it looks like, is there something that you would do differently now versus when you started years ago?
2: It's a great question. It's one that that obviously we get a lot and and I don't have a great answer to um, because I truly believe the mistakes, the hiccups, the failures are necessary. Right, so I, I wouldn't do anything different, even the dumb stuff um, <laughs> that I did. And and I came from the outside world; I, I didn't know anything about insurance when I got in. And um, you know, it, it's you don't know what you don't know. Um, but but here's the the whole secret. I'll give it to you right up front: the the secret to to success with anything, and, and certainly my success in insurance. I opened December first, two thousand nine and I had just a, a handful of goals for December 1st, 2009. That very first day that I opened, I drove in, I said, if I can get these three things done by the time I leave there today, then I will have won my day and I will earn the right to come back December 2nd, 2009. And that process, as simple as it sounds, um, it is really what I've done every single day for 14 years now, You know, which is just clearly defining what today needs to look like um, and then rinse and repeat, and and so, I give that answer, and it's not sexy and it's not fun, right? Just just keep winning your day, and then it becomes winning weeks and months and years, right? And so then people will like pull me aside after a seminar, and like, all right, what are you really doing? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 that that's it. That's you know, and I do the same thing with my team. Is is we get bogged down with the the big juicy long-term goals right i mean every year we have huge numbers that we need to put up and if you focus on that big number it becomes scary it's daunting um, and so all we do especially in this environment which you're alluding to is control what we can control right so so whatever's happening outside uh, of the these four walls uh, let it happen it's going to happen all right but what can we do today specifically inside these four walls uh, to move us closer to where we want to be mm.
1: So I love that you say that because I think sometimes we want to overcomplicate it. We want to make it harder than what it is. There's got to be, it it can't be this simple, but you brought up the handful of failures that you made. And I always like talking about that because that's life's lessons of you just keep failing over and over again. Is there one that sticks out that you were like, that sucked, but I'm so glad that I went through that?
2: Um. I really stink at firing people. Um, so if I were to name one failure, especially early, is I held on to dead weight, mm-hmm. hopefully they're not listening, um, longer than I should have. Uh, it cost me money, it cost me emotional you know, reserve, probably more importantly. And frankly it made me weak as a leader because the the solid team members were noticing right they weren't saying it but they were noticing that I was allowing certain behavior um, and it wasn't fair to them so so probably the biggest failure I made was was not having that leadership courage uh, to, to pull the plug when it's just not working um, and then there's some some marketing stuff that I, I definitely overspent uh, early which uh, just kind of took this wide approach to just do it all and and see what works and probably could have tightened that up a little bit but but really the 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 leadership courage uh you know when it when it came to poor team members
0: you must i don't know if you just read my facebook post but very similar i said (laughs) one of the worst things i ever it was one of the biggest learning lessons is i lost possibly my best employee teammate I ever had because I refused at the time to fire. Cause we were down to only a single producer. She came to me, she was the office manager and she's like, he needs to go. He's not pulling his way. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And I'm like, well, what do we do if I fight? Like we're not going to have a producer. So instead she gives her two weeks, two weeks later. And then after she quits, I fire him like a week later. And it's like, this could have all been avoided. If you would have just went with your gut and made the tough decision and just pulled the trigger. So thanks for, thanks for saying that, Scott. That that one is. Uh... Yeah,
2: listen, you you gotta you gotta choose your hard, right? I mean, everything is going to be hard, whether you want to choose when you take it. I mean, you know, whether you you do it now or whether it, it you know down the road. But it's not going to not be hard when you ignore it. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, and like what you said though too, the culture that I mean, your leadership, courage, and what that mm-hmm. says about you at a le- as a leader at the time, and obviously. They're tough decisions, like you said, so you pick your heart um
1: and I think that's part of like business ownership that's kind of like the rite of passage is that you just keep getting hit in the face and it's like, okay, all right and, and I think I'm glad that you brought that up, like the failures because at least for me, and I know if, if you're listening, I have avoided making some really big decisions that made me be a better person because I was afraid I was going to fail. And that's actually how the system is designed is that's how you become that person is just like failing over and over and over again. So that leads me into mindset. Because I love following you. You look like you have so much fun. I know you do because I know you as a person, but on the internet, I'm like, dude, I want to be partying and waiting on a concert that got, you know, taken out by the New York fire. Like I, I don't want to be there because it looks like Mad Max Fury Road uh, right now, but I, I want to know what you do day to day. Cause this industry can be hard to really keep that positive mindset to keep. Looking for fun, it looks like you are seeking joy in everything that you do. So, I want to know if you have like some best practices, daily disciplines, what that looks like for Scott.
2: Yeah, wow, um, there's a ton. Um, and it it is like a full time job to try to be productive and happy, which sounds crazy, right? It doesn't come naturally. I, uh, I have a, a healthy or at least a manageable amount of anxiety. Um, I'm nervous by nature, right? Everything. Scares the hell out of me, if I'm being honest. Um, and then I'm just able to to harness that and and really, I, I would use the I use the phrase house money a lot. I know you guys like the investing space. Um, you know, house money is a casino term, right? When you're winning at the casino uh, and you take whatever you you brought with you back and you put it in your pocket and you're like, hey, now I'm just playing with their money. It's house money. I can't lose. And once I adapted that approach to mindset, into life, that I'm playing with house money, right? What do I truly have to lose, lose? If, if my parents love me, my wife loves me, my kids love me, and I'm doing the right thing for the right person in my community uh, consistently, then who the hell cares, right? What what happens if I fail? If if someone doesn't see things my way, um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter because I, I was able to just identify the people that matter most. And as long as I'm doing the right thing for them and with them, uh, and the, with them piece is huge. You know, we, we just, we're, we're team greats, right? We, we do everything together, just like I run my team at the agency. That's how I run my family, right? We have team meetings. Uh, you know, we have one-on-ones <laughs> we plan together. Um, you know, we, we review together. Uh, my, my daughter just had a, uh, terrible uh just uh, buffalo bill style loss in <laughs> softball recently i mean they were up by four <laughs> runs in the, the, the bottom half of the of the uh, last inning and they had two outs the batter had two strikes they had one strike to win by four runs and they got beat it was that kind of loss and you know it it created a coaching opportunity i i told my wife i said uh, we had separate cars there. I said, let, let me drive her home. Right. And and so, you know, we, we reflect on those failures and, you know, winning is easy. Uh, you find out what you're made of in, de- in defeat it, times like that, you know, now, now you're going to find out, you know, w- w- what your character is, what, what your DNA is, um, and how you, if you, you know, how you bounce back, uh, from stuff like that. So, so yeah, we, we run it like a team.
0: Heck yeah. Team great. So, all right. So talking about what's going on. I love that with the family. I want to go into the business aspect of things because right now, obviously New York always has all kinds of weird regulations when it comes to insurance. (laughs) Um, What are you doing right now? Because I know you're on like this weird binding uh, circumstance right now. So more so, because this is happening all over the country, New York, California, um, Florida. So I would love to know what you do as an owner to help keep the culture and that be that leader for your team to where you don't get down in the pity party as well. And so I'm sure, I'm, sometimes you probably do get down in the pity party, the BMW sure. moments, but how do you as a leader step up and make sure that you don't dwell on the cans that you're, you're more focused on the cans?
2: Yeah, and, and that's another full-time job, right? You know, I, I recently spoke to a group of agents in California and talk about the pity party, I went out there feeling like we had things pretty rough in New York. And then I, I met with them. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. I guess I don't have it, you know, it was so bad. Um, you know, and I think it was, I think it's a Gandhi quote, i will mess it up. But he says, you know, I felt bad uh, about not having shoes in, until I met the man with no feet, you know, and everything's perspective. Communication, Michael is is the, the simple answer to your question. It, it's just that consistent dialogue uh, to to keep, uh, you know, to, to judge the temperature, right of the office and everyone individually. Um, we have five, I call myself a five minute manager, there's the book, the one minute manager, I'm not that good. Um, so I take five, but every day I, I just have a five minute check in with each team member. And we just talk about the most critical things and, and really what's on their mind. And then we do a weekly uh, 15 minute and there's literally a clock uh, on my desk. So it, it goes 15 minutes and counts down. No one wants to meet longer than 15 minutes. You know, I don't want them to not look forward to it. So let's just get right to it, right? What's what's most pressing, what's most important. Um, and again, there, a lot of our frustrations, we just can't do anything about. And, and so what can I control? I can control uh, communication. We, we run off the 12-week Planning year, right off of Brian Rand's book, the 12 week year. And, and so every, uh, we just did it actually. Um, we did a, a team outing, we did a golf outing uh, this past weekend uh, where we just get out and have fun together. And I know you're huge on that, right? That was your jam always um it, you know work hard play hard and uh the play hard piece even if we're we're not where we need to be with numbers and, and things aren't going exactly how we want them to so what like they're still there busting their butts every single day um and so you know we we make it a point to to get out and enjoy each other we're, we're a family you know we're, we're we have to be it's a small office you know there's only well now we're growing with this we got a second agency opening but um you know, there's 10 of us total so um you know, but communication, just daily dialogue. um, And, and then just, you know, what, what can we control?
0: Yeah. Are you an insurance agent struggling to meet your sales goals? Do you feel overwhelmed and disorganized, making it hard to keep track of your leads and close deals? If so, our sales training program is the solution you've been looking for. Our program is designed specifically for insurance agents who need help improving their sales skills and increasing their productivity. We understand that the insurance industry, it can be highly competitive, fast paced, which is why we've created a program that will help you stay ahead of the curve and close more deals. We understand that your time is valuable, which is why we've created a program that is flexible and convenient. You can access the sales training lessons and coaching sessions from anywhere at any time so you can fit your training around your busy schedule. Don't let the lack of sales training hold you back from achieving your full potential as an insurance agent. Sign up for our sales training program today and start closing more deals, generating more revenue, and achieving your sales goals with more confidence. There's so much more to the program, so if you're interested in joining the program that's helped over 10,000 insurance agents nationwide, visit our website, www.weaversa.com, or send me a text directly at 816-727-7610 with any questions to find out more.
1: All right, so you you just said, and it's going to lead me to my next one because I'm looking at you. You just wrote your second book. You're getting ready to open up your second agency. You are a full-time dad. Like you can tell that that your family is your priority. Your wife, everything that's going on there. How are you managing this? Because I'm over here going, I am drowning. Like how is he thriving?
2: <laughs> well, thriving might be generous, right? <laughs> but thank you. Like I'm, I'm
1: like looking at you. Like give me give me the secrets. Give me the time management. Is there a system? Yeah,
2: so so yes there's definitely a system so the the simple answer if i'm going to give you one word is is delegation um you know i surround myself with great people uh and you know i really i'm I'm good at like a handful of things and that's all i do and everything that that isn't for me you know i either say no or i uh or i delegate it and so you know I, i leverage an executive assistant um, you know, I, I leverage obviously the team. Um, you know, my wife is fantastic, a huge supporter. Um, thank God, you <laughs> none of this works without her. She should have came first. Um, but you know, really it's just that daily exercise. So I know Michael's a morning guy. I'm a morning guy. I'm I'm 5. AM, uh, it's the only hour of my day that I get complete silence. Um, you know, so, so from five to six, uh, is, is really me time. You know, meditation, um, you know, education, um, creative juices flow early for me. So I'll do my writing uh, in that hour. Um, But what I do more than anything else that's really helped me with time is every morning I I just rough draft. And so I I literally I call it just regurgitation. I regurgitate every thought in my head, everything that I want to do. Right. It might be crazy. Whatever comes to mind, it goes on paper. All right, and then what I do from there is I say, okay, now let's just narrow the focus and look at today. What are the top three priorities, right. If I can get these three things done today, I'll consider it a winning day, and then I, I rank them one, two, and three. Now, that where the, the secret sauce comes in is tomorrow, when I get up, everything that's not crossed off today's list moves over to tomorrow, and it's the same process, and then the same the day after that. On day number four, anything that's been written three times I take off the list because if you've gone three full days and you didn't, you had it on the paper or something you want to get done, but you didn't do it. It's not that important to you. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we trick ourselves by, by having these long to do lists when in reality, probably two thirds of it, you don't really want to do, or it's not the best use of your time. And so if you keep moving it from day to day to day, just take it off. I'm not saying take it off forever, um, but bump it down the road. Right. Or outsource it or delegate it. But, you know, really, it's just using that simple pen and paper approach to getting everything out of my head onto paper, prioritizing it and then having the ability to to say no. But almost everything is delegated. So I have a lot of people around me that that make it seem like I have my stuff together, but I really don't. (laughs) the only thing i have going for me is them
1: (laughs) i love that because there's a i am the queen of like i i overestimate what i think i can get done to somebody's like yeah can you i'm like yes absolutely my to-do list has 45 things and michael's like hey what are the big three i'm like they're all important baby they're all important like they all got to get done so i love that that you you give yourself permission to cross it off
0: so Scott, I would love to know right now. So with you, where you're at in your agency. So 14 years, getting ready to start a new one. What does your like? What are some of your top priorities you're seeing on a consistent basis right now at the the current role you're in?
2: Yeah. So so number one, I don't even know if number two is close, but number one is is recruiting. Okay. right it's it just it's a leverage game um you know we, we can't do it all ourselves right when, once this new office opens we're gonna have over ten thousand policies right that one person can't do that um, and so my number one priority is recruiting hiring training just putting the right people in the right place uh, i'm huge on empowering right i mean I, I let them know you're going to fail you're going to make mistakes that's okay as long as it's legal ethical and compliant we can fix it right and so you know, i encourage them to make a decision um, to take action to to do it themselves I, everyone i hire has the same title their ceo and their ceo of that desk you know and uh, and i want they all write their own business plans um, so that i'm not their boss I am their their business coach. I'm their cheerleader. I'm their shrink. You know, I'm whatever they need uh on that given day, but now I'm not telling them what to do. Right. We're sharing the goals and the expectations that the company gives us. So it's not even those aren't even my numbers. These are this is what the company says we have to do right now. We got to figure it out. And then they figure out what piece of it they can contribute. They write their own business plan. We have the daily check ins and, and the weekly um, you know, pipeline reviews. And uh, and now I'm just there. Their coach, you know, hey, how can I help you get to where you said you wanted to be? And it's a much different approach than, hey, you've got to do this. These are your numbers. I, I, in fourteen years, I've never given my team a goal. Um, they set their own goals. They write their own business plan, and then I coach them on on how they can get there.
1: I think it's important to talk about the struggles that your team brings up because I think as as a professional in the insurance space and as a leader to hear that you're not alone and going through the things that you're going through. What are the things that you're hearing from your team? You say you're the shrink or the coach. What are the common themes Mm -hmm. that you hear over and over again?
2: Well, today, like many days, it's computer systems. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> been able to quote anything all day today, which is makes it really hard to write business when you, when you can't quote it. Um, so, computer systems, um, you know, is is one. And then just uh, we're we're not that competitive right now. Uh, we're we're you know, uh, competitors are eating our lunch uh, many times when we're running quotes. Um, but you know, again, th- those are the the things we can't control. But yeah, it, it the common themes system issues and you know competitiveness
1: yeah i appreciate you sharing that because that's you know when you hear okay somebody else is going through this i am not alone there's comfort in
2: that yeah the 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 peer-to-peer learning is huge and you guys know this right when we we bring team members together um in a positive Mm -hmm. way right not not in a you know gripe session. Uh, But when they can get off that proverbial island, those four walls can become suffocating. And when they're they're hearing best practices, um, you know, from others, and when they're seeing that what they think is impossible, is just the norm mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, you know, and this happened to me when I was out in California on that trip, right? And so, you know, I won't name names, obviously, but the, the annual bonus, right? We call it the scorecard bonus in our with our company. Like, to me, it was like, hey, if we can get that thing to six figures, if we can get a six figure scorecard bonus, like, yeah, that, that's a banner year, ring the bell, right? And then I'm out in California and I'm I'm sitting next to an agent at lunch who had 1.3 million last year. And I mean, he legit 13 X what I thought was a fantastic year. And so when, when your stretch goals are just the norm for someone else, put yourself in the company of those people. Mm-hmm. And and that's really, you know, what I work hard with my team. I, I connect them with other high-producing team members where, you know, 100 policies a month isn't a stretch goal. It's just what they do, mm-hmm. yep. you know? And, and so it's the, the who, not the how, another, you know, book reference there. But, um, you know, really for me, that's uh, a big piece of it, is, is connecting them with, with the right
0: people. Mm. That's... Uh... That is solid advice. Chalk that one up. Go do it. <laughs> um, all right, I want to. I want to go into your new book, Essential F Words yeah. for Teens. Um, I'd love to know more about it. What inspired you? I, I see. I see that. Obviously, I read up on it a little bit, but you're promoting it everywhere, and you're helping a ton of people. You're getting tons of positive feedback. So, tell us a little bit about it
2: yeah so we this is the insurance buzz we talk a lot about insurance uh here looking at three people those are <laughs> listening to three people that uh have a lot of life insurance right and so you know i had this old man moment where my my oldest of three children is is graduating uh from high school uh this year and it kind of hit me you know age doesn't bother me i it didn't bother me to turn 40 40 you know but but i was like dang now when i see my kids re- reaching certain ages i'm like wow <laughs> that's impossible because I just graduated school. <laughs> so uh so yeah so with Ty graduating um I bring up the life insurance because I said you know if if I kick it um they're gonna be fine mm-hmm. financially right thank you life insurance but there's a lot of stuff in the old man's noggin that you know I want them to know um and so it really just started as like, I, I call it a love letter to my son. Like I just started writing like, uh, hey, what are the, the most important things for you to know? What are some life hacks? What are some of these failures and, and lessons that, that I had to deal with? And I'm not saying I don't want him to experience those things because I do, right? That's how he's gonna grow from failing. But there's certain things he doesn't have to do <laughs> that I did, you know? Um, and just the mindset piece and, and just, you know, the, the confidence. You know, it, it it was crazy to me. I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. But my sister in law is a, a high school teacher, and she has a group of juniors right in a in a history class. And so I started, you know, jotting all this down. And I'm thinking like how well do I even know the audience? Right. And where are 16, 17? Are they listening to podcasts? You know, are they watching certain, you know, self development, self help things on YouTube? I don't know. Or is this all Greek? Because it was all Greek to me when you know, when I was that age. So I I had her give the kids a survey and it just asked five or six questions. And one of the questions was something along the lines of, you know, what do you struggle with the most? And out of 100 kids ballpark that took this 88 of them, you know, had some version of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not prepared enough. What if none of it matters? You know, I I don't have enough money. I don't. It was all this negative self-talk 16 year olds. Right. Right. In my town. And I'm like, dang, you know, there's and then the three of us, we, we coach professionals, and what do they deal the with? Same thing. I'm not confident enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not prepared enough. I'm not smart enough. Who am I to tell them what's all the same stuff? And so, you know, I started just jotting these thoughts and ideas down in that 5 a.m. hour. Um, for my son. And lo and behold, I ended up with about 300 pages of all these, you know, I'm like, I got a book here, right? So I actually, I didn't set out to write a book. But then I started thinking, you know, how cool, right? Uh, As just a legacy piece, something to to give to him. uh, and, And hopefully at some point, grandkids, great grandkids, who I may not even meet, you know, will, will have these words from me. So it, it started as a love letter. It kind of turned into a passion project. It, it turned into a book. And then I just, you know how we do things, right? Us type A entrepreneurs. And I'm like, let's go big with this thing, right? And so then I started reaching out to small business owners and asking them to buy blocks of a hundred to donate to um, local uh, high school kids that are graduating. And uh, and it just kind of exploded. It, it hit number one uh, in the career development uh, category on Amazon for new releases. And then it stayed there for nine days. Um, and then, uh, you know, we ended up with over 3,000 uh, copies being purchased for uh, all the high schools in my area. So it, it's kind of turned into this goodwill uh, project. But really, it just started out as stuff I wanted my kid to know.
1: So of all, there's nine, is that right? There's nine F's that, that yeah. you go through. So of all the F's, what was your favorite one to write about? Mm.
2: <laughs> so the very first one's failure, yeah. right? And, and so we, we already talked about that. But, you know, I talk about failure as feedback. Right. That's that's what your that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And the book opens with, you know, me in fifth grade when when I had a hundred average in math going into like the last exam of the year and I got one wrong. And I was devastated. And you know, what I realized now is that I was chasing perfection, and perfection is a myth, but so many kids, right, were were taught from kindergarten on that F is bad, failure is bad. And then I get into the real world, I'm like, no, like you show me the most successful people, I'll show you the biggest failures ever, right? They're they're all failing at at a big level, but they're failing forward. So so that was, you know, definitely uh, my favorite finances got a little nerdy, a little little longer than I wanted it to. But uh, it's not what you make. It's what you keep. And I think we have a major issue with, um, you know, with with the debt snowball Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. as a country and personally uh, people. And so, you know, really what I wanted my kid to know is that, you know, if you want to live life on house money, don't owe anyone anything, mm-hmm. right? Unless I mean, we don't get into like leverage debt and smart debt, but just the <laughs> basics. You know, don't, don't charge crap. You know what I mean? Like just stay out of credit card debt. And it's so easy for them because everything's right in front of them uh, on their phones, and with one tap of a button, you're spending hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. Well, what does that mean, you know, long term uh, with that debt? So, so yeah. And then future you is a huge one because everything that we do today is casting a vote for some version of future you. And so the choices I make today, I'm constantly asking myself, would future me be proud of this or is future me gonna be pissed, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it changes my, my behaviors, right? And the things that I do and the things that I don't do. And, and Courtney, when we talk about time management, you know, I'm asking myself that all the time, like, is this going to benefit future me or is future me going to be pissed because I should be doing this other mm-hmm. thing that's more important. I should say no to this. Um, so those are a few of the F words.
1: I love that. I, I it's kind of a silly version of this, but I love the future version, like thinking of a decision. Would this serve future Courtney? something as simple this is going to sound so stupid when I say it anyways so changing the toilet paper roll like when you see that it's nearing the end and you're like oh I'll let it go a little bit a little bit longer and then you're like oh, oh man it's 2 a.m. in the morning do I have toilet a. paper and it's, but it's all that, that's crazy that's crazy yeah. yeah
2: so it's all of those like
1: little decisions that, that start to add up and going am I serving a future version of myself mm. is this decision for or against and, and that's such a tiny yeah, example, mm-hmm. but it's
2: that's a great example, you know, and, and that's really full circle. You know, we kind of started there where, where there are no big things. Yeah. Right. Everything is just compounding yep. little things that, that we do or don't do every single day. And so in the book, uh, you know, I, I say hang the towel. Right. Like that. That's the difference between people who get things done and people who don't like with, with my team. I'm like, if you if you're walking into the, the parking lot and there's a rapper, mm-hmm. you know, if you're walking in the office or the parking lot, and there's a rapper. I don't care if it's yours. Bend down and pick it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So all these little things um, really. It's so cliche, but but they do. I mean, they make the biggest difference. and And so. You know Dabo Sweeney, uh, head coach of Clemson football. He was just at our Chairman Circle conference, and one of the greatest hour talks I've ever heard in my life. But but he talks about how how you do anything is how you do everything, and he talks about when when they would go to an opposing. Stadium, they left that locker room cleaner than when they found it. He goes, you know, my, my proudest thing, he goes, When we went to Notre Dame, he goes, We got beat. It was awful. He goes, But well, but the proudest moment for me is I got a letter from their A D just you know saying how fantastic no one ever left that locker room as clean as we left it. They do movies on a on a you know a team building night. And he goes, And the team captains after everyone leaves goes in with leaf blowers and blows out, you know, underneath the seats and, and cleans the movie theater for them. And you know, that stuff reflects On game day right it's all these these disciplines uh, and compounding little things that that make the big difference yep daily so yeah toilet paper that's not stupid (laughs) 2 a.m don't 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 stress about it at 2 a.m but
1: (laughs) no make the decision before make the decision before before. you're in the emergency (laughs) make sure that you're is this for or against scott i'm going to make sure to in the show notes that we put the link to the F words and the tribe of teams, because I I love what you're doing. And the sponsorship is a great idea. I think I even saw that you can inscribe, like you can put a little note to the teens. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So on the second page, it says this book was generously donated by, and so we had stickers for all the businesses that, that, you know, stepped up and said, I want to buy a uh, We had stickers made, but even if you just, you know, it's a, a great graduation yeah. gift and it, it'll all apply for next year too. So if you're already beyond graduation this year, um, you know, you could put your name right in there.
1: Yeah. It applied to me. I'm not even a teenager. I mean, I think in my mind I'm a teenager. But just like you were saying, we're all just grown-up children. Like, we're all going through the same struggles and hearing, you know, this is how you overcame them. And I just love that it was this love letter to Ty. I thought it was so sweet. So.
2: Yeah, I painted myself into a corner with the the name. the The feedback we've overwhelmingly received is it's not just for teens, yeah. right? The the adults have probably gotten more out of it than the kids. The kids aren't there yet, and with a lot of these things, and it was really just meant to be an introduction. And then hopefully they it's on a shelf and they dust it off, you know, four or five years from now, and they can and they're all short chapters, yeah. um, you know. So so the uh, subtitle is the 117 things you need to know before graduation. So there's uh, four. Three, four page chapters um, in, in nine different sections, and then it all ends with a crossroad. And I, I didn't want it to be preachy, right? So there, there's the story, there's the lesson, um, you know, something they can relate to, but then ultimately you're going to arrive at this crossroad and you're going to have to make a decision. Right, and and I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to make you aware that you're going to have to make this decision. And here's some thoughts if you go this way, and here's some thoughts if you go that way. Uh, so each chapter ends with a crossroad, and then it has three bullet points. Uh, you know, the the three things from this chapter that I want you to know before high school, and all added up to 117 takeaways. I called it for teens, but really uh, the adults have, have, and it's actually for for insurance agents. A um, couple things. One, it's a great way to get in front of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an agent contact me in Alabama, uh, who who bought you know a copy for every senior, got in front of the seniors at an assembly, you know, passed them all out, you know, let her talk about uh, you know her take on on the real world, and and it puts it's a great PR thing, and it puts you in front of the next generation of customers, possibly team members, uh, their parents, uh, you know, who who could be customers as well. So you know that piece has been. Uh, really cool. Um so yeah, it's it's all just it's turned into this whole you know, whole other business I guess that I didn't intend but it's it's fun. It it is a lot of and fun. And it's
1: so mission driven. Like yeah. I love that it's a whole movement and it's you know, we're talking about legacy, especially as an insurance professional, we're all concerned with legacy. Like this is the most important thing is the generation that comes up behind us. So, I'm I'm so incredibly grateful that you created this and that you are sharing this out in the world because the world needs more of this for sure.
0: And Scott, if somebody wanted to follow you, support you, reach out, what's the easiest way for them to do that?
2: Yeah. Um I don't know that's part I stink at I mean I'm I'm like all over the place um yeah I would I would start with social right I was Courtney mentioned I'm very active on on Facebook um we have a, a website called tribe of teens and again I painting myself into a corner because it's not just teens, but a lot of people don't, you know, read books. <laughs> a lot of people don't read books. Yep. Uh, so we, we're doing a weekly podcast where we take our more, we are going to do weekly podcast. It hasn't started yet, but a weekly newsletter uh, where we take just a little piece of one of the lessons from the book and just, you know, mm-hmm. we send it out uh, via a newsletter each week. So they get little doses of it along the way, bite-sized pieces. So that'd probably be the best way if, if they went to the tribe of teens website and, and got on the, uh, The mailing list and then um you know there's a way to contact me through that as well
0: okay well scott thank you so much this has been uh this has been fantastic and for for all of those that are listening thank you so much for your time today we appreciate you if you enjoyed scott as much as we did give us a five-star review on the buzz scott thanks again my man
2: yeah i don't know if you remember like three years ago we did a zoom recording you're like we did like we couldn't fit it all into one, so we did like three sessions. And you're like, "We should do a podcast." This is like a podcast, and here you are.
1: Here we all are, growing
2: up in your life with a kick-ass <laughs> podcast. So We're doing. You said you put it out to the universe, and it happened. Oh, uh, isn't
0: that right? You freaking put it out. You put it That's why you gotta be careful. Like you said earlier, what you put out, you're gonna get back. Yeah. So
1: watch that 2 a.m. toilet paper. That's for sure. That's a lesson. No, no. That's a lesson on today. Scott, thank you. 2
2: a.m. toilet paper and the Buffalo Bill. That's just <laughs> we're, we're, we're very soon on that.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, Time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have, and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.